This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me. Ooh, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. Welcome to my weekend recap and rant more than a weekend but so I will get everybody caught up to date at what has been going on in my tumultuous life here um, why things have been on hold um, just intermittent releasing podcasts when I can so the deal was uh, I was made aware of this job that I that I really wanted and it was going to relocate me if I took it um, to a wonderful place and uh the wheels turned kind of slow during the whole application process, the interview, um, pre-employment. Uh, there was just there was kind of some mix-ups here, there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it took way longer than I feel like it should have. But that kind of left me in, um, you know, uh, um, why can't I think of the limbo? In a state of limbo. I just didn't, like, a lot going. I was having to travel here and just there was a lot going on. Um, so I had stuff with other employment and things were, you know, things got kind of sketch and I do want to say a huge thank you to uh, a few people that, you know, uh, listened to one pad podcast, I don't know, it's probably about a month or so ago where, uh, you know, I kind of put my PayPal and all that stuff on, you know, in the show notes, which don't really usually do, but it's kind of, that's kind of where I was at. And, uh, you know what? There was a handful of people 
that actually reached out and uh, sent me a little something, something, uh, found some value in the show, and I want to give you a very, very, very uh, large heartfelt thank you to those that who did support the show. I appreciate it uh, more than you know. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you very much. You were generous. I was not expecting. Um, I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> when I said send me a couple bucks, I I meant it. I meant like, hey man, I'll take five bucks. I'll I can get some McDonald's. That'll be great. Uh, and it was more than that. So I I I thank you from the bottom of my heart to those that reach out. And uh, you know what? Thank you to all you freeloaders too. <laughs> no, I do. I appreciate you guys. Just the the downloads and the listens and the questions and the comments that you guys send me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, I really, really, really do. Even though you kind of are freeloaders, but it's a free podcast <laughs> by design. You're freeloaders, so uh, just playing. Anyway, so that's that's kind of what's happening. So where it brought me to is a place that you've heard me talk about ad nauseum on this show. If you're a longtime listener. Uh, on the shores of Pelican Lake in Orr, Minnesota. Um, here I am. Uh, if it's nighttime, I can tell you I could look out and see the lake. Now, I'm renting at the moment, but hopefully in the future I will put down some permanent roots, and this is just where I will be. I have taken a job as a development manager for a uh, community radio station in the Boys Fort Reservation in Net Lake, Minnesota, uh, 89.9 KBFT as a development manager, as I said, so that, um, I'll be, you know, um, it's kind of like a sales position. I'll, I'll be looking at ways to raise money for the, the radio station. It's not a commercial radio station. It's a community radio station. Um, so looking for sponsorships and we'll do fundraising drives. I'm going to be developing, you know, probably putting together like some, um, musical events, festivals. I'll probably do like a uh, charity golf tournament, something, something like that. We want to get a fishing tournament going on up here, um, which sucks that I wouldn't be able to fish it, <laughs> but would still be super fun to put on. Um, so we're looking at stuff like that, and that fishing and hunting element of it, that's something that my boss, the general manager of the radio station, um, George Strong. That's something that he wants to focus on um, as part of the Native American culture. Is it's something generationally that's kind of gotten away from, and he wants to get back to that. And he's uh, was a great compliment that he gave me. He's like, I want to lean on you for some of that. So I want to be working with. Um, in fact, I just emailed him today. Um, I want to be working with the tribal uh, conservation officer. So we're going to develop some programs and getting the the youth back out there and doing some fishing, some hunting, even some trapping, you know, really just getting back to trying to connect that community back to um, their native roots. I mean, uh, just to put it as plainly as I can, I'm looking so forward to that, as you all may know, maybe don't know, but you know, that ties well, that, that getting the youth involved, man, does that just like fits like lock and key for like what I'm already doing with future anglers of Minnesota. And now I can help, you know, the indigenous youth get back to their roots. And it's pretty cool. I'm really digging the job. I'm just still kind of getting my feet wet a little bit, learning the, the operations of the building of 
the position of the culture. I mean, I, I am immersed into the, the culture and I got to say, I'm digging it, man. It's, it's, it kind of fits in, you know, a lot of that really kind of stereotypical indigenous or native American, uh, viewpoint on the outdoors kind of fits in to, to mine, you know, having that humility, having, um, you know, just being very grateful, um, and humble in the outdoors is kind of, kind of my thing. Um, so as, as I learn different things, might, I might adopt some other ways. I don't know. Might, I might go native, <laughs> probably not, but, uh, it is pretty cool. So I'm super, super excited. I'm going to lean on you guys, uh, to kind of help it go along. Um, as of right now, I'm not really going to be on the air. However, I am because I want to drive traffic to for people listening online, and there there is an, a KBFT app as well where you can listen to the radio station. Um, personally, I love the radio station. When we when we visit up here, we always listen to it because um, when they're not broadcasting just um, uh, straight up like a Native American stuff, and I'm not talking bad about it. I like I like that stuff too. But when they're just playing music, their music. It's like my phone in that it is all over the map. <laughs> you can hear Johnny Cash and then like the Red Hot Chili Peppers into a powwow song right back into like, uh, I don't know, um, to anybody. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and then Brad Paisley. <laughs> and then it's all over the map. And I'm here for it. I love it. Like, because you put my phone on random, which is how I always listen to my phone. And that's, that's kind of the stuff you get minus to powwow. I don't have any on my phone, but, um, it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I really dig it. So if you guys are bored, you're, you have a long trip and you've already played all of the full scale outdoor podcasts and you, you maybe you just want to listen to some music, pull up, uh, KBFT online or download the app and you can just listen live. But with that said, what I am doing is, and I've already lined up a few people is I'm getting a fishing report slash ice report, whatever, um, developed as a way to draw traffic to that website. So, um, so we're not just restricted to our, like our analog broadcast. So I'm, I'm going to be, developing that and so i might be on that you know like won't be like interview per se but per se but i am going to call people and uh you know i got the the rainy river rainy lake guide lined up i'll give you one guess as who that's going to be um i got a lake of the woods guy lined up red lake lined up i've got devil's lake lined up and i think i have malax shoot i might have everybody i need if there's another lake or area of the state you want me to check in on, uh, let me know. Man, all I can really think of would be at this point would be maybe Vermilion. Because I'm not gonna. I'm kind of Malax is gonna be like my southern end. This is this is gonna kind of be designed for people headed north. So when they're north, you're driving north to go on a fishing trip, and you want to know how the ice conditions are or what the bite is, it's gonna give you motivation to to download the KBFT app or just pull the website up on your phone because there's a mobile version and then listen to that uh, listen to that fishing and ice report so that's kind of what's designed I'm trying to bring more traffic to the station again I'm thinking bigger than just our 
radio signal, which is pretty small right now, but there are plans to actually put up another tower, so we're going to expand that as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's that's going to be great. Now, also excited that what opportunities just through networking um, might bring for the podcast, too. Who knows what kind of guests I might be able to get on here in the future. So pretty, pretty stoked about all that. Um, yeah, so that's that. And as I've been coming up here and going back down, I've got out to do some stuff. Uh, I could tell you grouse numbers are up, and so are grouse hunting numbers. Like, holy crap, I had no idea just how popular this spot was for grouse hunters. Holy smokes. Like, I am surrounded, literally surrounded by public land. State forest, national forest, uh, management lands. Like, dude, it, there's more public land up here than private land, I'm pretty sure, by a, by a wide margin. And... The other weekend, I couldn't go anywhere and not hear side-by-sides and four-wheelers running all over the place. Now, I'm one of the only dumb ones that are out there walking the beat, but, um, God, it was a lot of fun. And I've been, you know, getting a couple birds, you know, and I'm not filling my bag or anything, but I'm, you know, shooting, like, two a trip out. I take that as a victory. I don't have a dog, so, you know, I'll take that. Um, shot some geese uh, one week. That was kind of cool. I was going, driving. Did I tell you guys this? I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I'm going to tell it again. So i driving down this road, just kind of scouting some stuff out. I was actually grouse hunting. And I'm like, oh, there's the road that goes over the bridge where we used to. I grew up. There's a campsite there. We used to camp there all the time. So I'm like, I might as well go check that out. I drive over the bridge, look down the, the river, and there's a whole flock of geese. I'm like, holy crap. I've never seen geese on this river. I'm like, they're right next to the woods. I think I could sneak those. So I uh, park the truck, jump out, put the waders on, load everything up, sneaking my way, making my way around through the trees, trying to be quiet. I kind of, you know, I'm peeking. I'm like, are they still there? I don't see any heads. I didn't hear any honking. Nobody took off flying, nothing like that. I'm creeping up to the edge. And they're not there. I kind of poke my head out. They're just gone. I'm like, what in the heck? And then just as I'm, like, looking down the river, all of a sudden I hear the, I just get excited, and I hear wing beats on the water. There's some swans mixed in, and then this eagle comes buzzing around the corner of the river bend. I'm like, oh, the eagle got them up. They're flying right at me, like not even tree top height. Coming right at the river. I'm like, oh, sweet. Pull a beat on the first one, pull the trigger, clean miss, whiff. I was like, what in the heck? My follow-up shot, dumped two of them, you know. And then at that point, I didn't really have another shot because there were a handful of swans mixed in. So I kind of had to pick my shots somewhat carefully. It wasn't that sketchy, but just, you know, there's just a little heightened level of awareness there. And, uh, yeah, the two-in-one shot was pretty sweet. And uh, and they and they were dead-dead, too. Like, they both just, like, splash, splash, like, donezo, which was kind of cool after completely whiffing on the first shot. I was somewhat surprised, pleasantly surprised, mind you. Um, I was able to wait out and get the one, and the other one, like, the current is so slow right now because the water's low, and there was just a light enough breeze going opposite current that that goose was just stalemated right in the middle of the river. It's a pretty small river, but still, I, like, I couldn't. I started waiting out there, kept getting deeper, 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 got about an inch from the top of my waders. I'm like, okay, that's enough. So <laughs> I went back to the... Um, 
truck. Oh, that's what I was doing. I was on my way. I wasn't grouse hunting. I was on my way to go fishing. So I had the boat in tow. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just go back and get a rod. So I went back and got uh, a crankbait rod, used that to retrieve my uh, goose. Worked great, by the way. And, uh, yeah, so I had two geese. It was That was beautiful. And then so I actually hunted kind of near there a couple other times because um, I didn't know the geese used the river that much, but they did, ducks and geese, um, tons of swans. Um don't think I killed anything the few times I hunted it. No, I didn't. The only geese I killed off the river or the birds I killed off the river was, was that day. So, yeah, that was that. Um, had a couple more grouse outings, did that. I was kind of scouting out some deer hunting spots. I did a couple hanging hunts. Haven't seen any deer doing that. Um, yesterday I went uh, went uh, um, duck hunting. And the wind, um, well, windy lied to me. That was not the direction. I got there in a place I, I used my uh, kayak, paddled out. The wind was, like, in my face. Like, that's not great. So, so I threw out decoys anyways because the lake's big. For me to go to another spot was, like, a long paddle. Um, so I set up there, some diver decoys out and some honkers over there. Nothing was moving. I saw, like, one... Wasn't paying attention once when I got buzzed by a merganser hoodie. Um, so not too disappointed there. I saw the three three more hoodies later. Like nothing was really moving. Um, so I look up, and there's two geese flying high, going headed straight east away from me. And I fumble for my calls, pick up the calls, Give them a couple clucks. Blork, blork, blork. These things hit the brakes. They were looking for friends. They were, as Nick J would say, vulnerable. They were very vulnerable. So they started working around, coming down um, real fast. Uh, the problem was because that wind was like in my face, not like directly, it was kind of quartering to me, but still blowing at me. They had a hard time kind of getting in and they. They came blitzing with the wind, and uh, they went to turn to actually finish putting down, and i that's when I called the shots. Kind of out there a little bit, not bad. Pro- I don't know what the yardage was, but they're just on the outside of my decoy. It's not crazy far. And uh, crumpled the one. The other one took off, kind of caught that wind. was well out of range, and it's honking like to beat the bandit. And so, like, it was so lonely. So I get back on the call, and I'm screaming at it. Sure enough, this thing takes a big, round cul-de-sac loop, comes back over, and he's looking. He's not he's, he's not cupped out. Like, he's not really coming, but he's barking. I'm barking back at him. And anyways, he passes straight overhead of me about 40 yards, so I straight up snow goosed him. <laughs> Dropped that thing like a sack of bricks. And, um, well, he kind of fluttered down a little bit. I shouldn't say sack of bricks, but he went down pretty hard. And I'm like, oh, crap, that one's going to be alive. Um, so I poke my head around. I look. I see the one's just floating. He's doing the head bob, right? He's not fully dead, but he's he's done. And I look at the other one, and it's just laying there, just still as can be flat. I'm like, oh, sweet, stone dead. So I hop in the, hop in the kayak, paddle out there to get it, get the one that's, you know, the first one, head bobbing. As soon as I touch him, he freaks out. He's flapping. I'm like, oh, geez, he's still got way more life in him than I thought. 
course, I didn't bring my gun, which I didn't really, what was I going to do with that one, right? So I go over to get the yellow one, and I was like, where the hell, where did he go? He was right, he was stone dead right here. What in the heck? And then all of a sudden, I said, oh, he's always there. He's like super flat. And then I'm like, is he moving? And sure enough, he's doing the head flat submarine away, swimming away from me. I'm like, ah, oh, of course. And I don't have my gun. So I'm paddling after him. I'm As I'm getting close to him, he's starting to dive down. He's doing the old diver duck thing. I'm like, oh. and he's just staying out of range for me. I'm like, ah, oh, the wheel around the kayak, and then he's going the other way. And then he dives, and he goes the other way. So this little cat and mouse thing goes on for a while, and I finally get close enough to him. He picks his head up, and I'm able to clock him with the uh, with the paddle, and that, that, that put an end to that. So got him. <laughs> Brought them back, set back up, slow, so slow. And then uh, this uh, hen golden eye comes blitzing in, gives me a few chance. I didn't shoot, but he, like, made, like, three rounds. It came in and actually made her, like, final approach. was about to put down, and I put her down. But as in my experience, those are tough birds. Um, took three shells to kill her, like, for she was done moving. Like, the last, you know, dropped her, and then... Cleanup shot, still alive. Third cleanup shot, finally dead. It's like, geez, these things are tough. Um, so yeah, so that was that was yesterday. I was happy with that. Um, went in and watched the Vice game. That was super fun. Did our the third installment be our our week eight of the full skull podcast? If you're not aware, uh, me and my good friend uh, James Camaro, lifelong friend, we kind of got a wild hair up our ass and started doing the a football segment and it's all vikings it's not league wide or anything like that so if you're a packer fan you might want to skip that one dog on you pretty hard um it's the year for it but yeah so that's that's kind of caught up to date on the stuff that's going on up here haven't really fished much at all it's been it's been all hunting and looking at the forecast that boat can just stay there because if it's not locked up by Saturday, I could deer hunt again. But if it's still open, it's going to be freezing. Like, legit, I have to pull it up again. But I think Thursday we start making ice, and it's only a high of, like, 34. Lows, you know, well below freezing. And then it doesn't get above freezing for the foreseeable future. So um, she's going to lock up. But Saturday, if it's if the lake's still open, I'll probably hit it. And hopefully get some of those, you know, last minute red legged mallards and maybe some golden eyes. We'll see what happens. Um, as of like last week, there was a crap ton of geese right there in Ore Bay, but they were not there yesterday. So I don't know if they've finally moved on or, or what. But I know Canada is emptying out. My buddies that are in um, North Dakota, they hit some, they got some, in some pretty good snow goose shooting. But as they were leaving, they said there was, like, a big migration. I got a buddy, Austin, who's headed out there right now. Um, or not right now, but he's going, I think, Wednesday he takes off for North Dakota. Going to be chasing snow. So we'll see. They're forecasting a big snowstorm, potentially, and getting real cold, like single digits. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But bottom line is I'll be ice fishing here real quick, I think. So not this weekend, but I bet. I bet, looking at that forecast, I'll be able to find fishable ice the following weekend. 
So we'll see. Oh, is that Thanksgiving though? Shoot, I think it is. I won't even be here. Son of a. Oh well. It'll be up here anyways. I was kind of looking forward to being one of the first people to get on the ice, but stupid holiday that might just get in the way. But we'll see. So that's that's what I've got going on, uh, life-wise, outdoor, world-wise. Pretty fun. Saw a uh, saw a wolf today. That was very cool. And that's going to lead me into my rant, and it's not about wolves, although they're kind of in the equation. But there was an article that I shared on Facebook uh, that they got uh, the Voyagers National Park had a mountain lion on their trail camera. Like, legit, not a blaz- not a blurry picture. You know, could that be a bobcat? Can you see the tail? No, no, no. It's video. Plain as day, walking through mountain lion, cougar, whatever you want to call them. So, of course, of course, social media blows up. And everybody talks, see, I told you that they've been here the whole time. The DNR has been stalking them since 1980. They're lying about it. They won't tell you. This is my rant, people. I've talked to enough people within the DNR that the DNR is not this, like, the the nature version, the outdoor lifestyle version of CIA black ops. All right. This is not what the people in the DNR do. And you're like, oh, the talking head. No, they don't. Like, I, I've, I've talked to people, upper management of the DNR. This is not, this is not on their radar. They are not, they are not introducing mountain lions to Minnesota. As far as we know, there is no evidence of a breeding population of mountain lions in this state. I know a lot of people say there are. I've seen the comments, um, but I haven't seen any pictures. Have you seen any pictures of a lion cub in Minnesota? Anywhere. Any evidence whatsoever. In fact, all the ones that get killed by cars, all the ones that have been shot by the state, you know, like the one that was Minnesota River, it's exactly their narrative. It's exactly what they say it is. These are young male lions just traveling around as male lions are prone to do expanding their very already large territory they're just moving from one place to the next i'll even go out on a limb and say in my opinion i wouldn't even be mad if minnesota did have a reproducing population i think it would be pretty sweet I would love to be sitting in a tree stand and see a mountain lion come sneaking past. That would be a badass, once-in-a-lifetime encounter. Like, not very many people can say that they have seen a mountain lion in the wild. Even those that hunt for them. You know, you got to use dogs to go and, and find these things most of the time. Like... It's rare for a human being to lay eyes on a big cat in this country. I would love to. I think that would be cool. Would it make me pucker a little bit? Sure. But I have enough logic and reason in my head to go, how many people are killed by mountain lions in this country a year? Any? Like one every 10 years or so? I mean, it's it's not a lot. It's not something really need to worry about. Um, 
they just and if you're in a tree, chances are if he doesn't notice you, even if he does, he's probably just gonna go on his merry little way, and away he goes. And you might think, well, there goes that deer hunt. I'm screwed. You know what? Probably not. And this is where I'm gonna bring the wolf back into it because here I am up. I am in. I am in the we hate wolves zone right now. Everybody hates them up here. Everybody. They're killing all the deer. And I will say, deer numbers are not great up here. They aren't. Now, that's wolves' fault? I don't know. Harsh winters? I don't know. Combination of both? Probably. But there are deer. Don't get me wrong. Uh, first weekend I was up here, somebody was complaining. They just they just smacked one, and their car was out of commission. I've almost hit a couple of them. I see deer. They do exist up here. This past weekend, it's pretty tough. I don't know. If it's just too nice a weather. Deer weren't moving around. You know, I had been seeing certain deer out in the fields and uh, last week and then up to this weekend, just stopped seeing them. So I don't know if their patterns changed. Bucks got them on lockdown and air quotes. I don't know what's going on, but it was quiet. When I was out bird hunting, I didn't hear a single shot that that wasn't mine. So it was pretty quiet. I went in to watch the Vikings game. A bunch of Red Army, Orange Army came in. I talked to them. They hadn't seen shit. So, but there were around. I think they just, I don't know, patterns changed, ruts on. Not sure what's going on. But, anyways, there is deer up here. And the reason I bring that up is because if you, if you think about it like fishing, right? And you're fishing for a big predator fish. What's one of the things you look for? Probably one of the biggest things you look for. Where's the bait? Where is their food source? So when you look at apex predators, right, they're not going to kill all of their prey. Uh, maybe they could if, maybe they would if they could, but they but they don't. So point being, if you see a wolf track, don't then go. Well, we got to go to a different section of woods because there's not going to be any deer here. I would say quite the opposite. If there are wolves there, then there is food for the wolves there, or they wouldn't be there. Same thing for that mountain lion. That mountain lion is here, probably just eating. I mean, he may be traveling God knows where. Like, I remember that, that one story where it's a Black Hills cat, and they, he, there's all these sightings, and you could just, it was like a straight, straight line east, like all these sightings on a map. It was crazy. And that, cat ended up getting hit by a car in like Baltimore or some shit, Boston or some shit. Like he it went all, almost all the way to the East Coast. It was crazy. And uh, actually, I, I vividly remember that because I was living in Matamida at the time and uh, I was bow hunting down there. And via that map, just connecting the dots, that cat at some point in time was within three miles of me. Now, now, I'm not saying when I was in a stand, he could have went in, you know, middle of the night or some when I was at work or whatever. But that's how close that cat was to me at some point in time. If you just connect all the dots, you know, I mean, he could have veered. Who knows? But he had to go up and around White Bear Lake. But that would have brought him real close to me where I was at. So that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so there, there's – if you got big predators – you got stuff that the predators want to eat. I don't. I don't know how else to to explain this. Like I know it's easy 
to just cry big bad wolf or big bad cat or whatever, it's it's super easy to blame that on your lack of success or lack of seeing deer. And let make no mistake, I am not um like a, a, a tree a tree hugger. If somebody's trying to accuse me of like animal whatever. Listen, I think they're one hundred percent should be a wolf season in this state. There's zero reason we should not have a wolf season in this state. We have you know, beaten a dead horse here. You've heard me say it before. Minnesota has more wolves than all of the western states combined. Combined. Add them all up. We have, oh, I believe it's like over a 1,000 more just in this state. So there's no reason. Even at the time where they were mostly extirpated from the lower 48, Minnesota always had wolves. They come and go over Canada. It's not, it, it's, it, we've had wolves. It is a sustainable resource. There's no reason. And sure, that could give deer a little bit of help for sure. Might be a lot of help. I don't know. Um, but one of the things that affects game numbers more than anything is food availability and breeding success. Just like with ducks and geese. Hunter harvest doesn't really do anything. It's not not measurable. And I'm not sure if that's the case for deer and deer hunting, but you know how they do restrict it. And up here it's you know, it's pretty much buck only. I think you can get doe tags up here, like a doe tag. Or it might be Hunter's Choice. I don't remember it's one or the other, but you, you can get one deer up here pretty much. That's that's kind of the deal. Like, there's not a lot. And part of me is not even mad at it. I, you might have heard me bring this point up before, too. I would like to see the moose population recover. And so far, modern science is pointing out that brainworm is the biggest culprit. So they're getting that from their interactions with white-tailed deer. That's kind of how that whole thing goes. Um, so the less white-tailed deer, potentially, the more moose we're going to have. Now, of course, wolves are also eating moose. So that goes back into my, there should be a hunting season on wolves. So here would be, if, if, I, if I was king of the DNR, and this is going to, this would piss off <laughs> all the deer hunters up here. Um, actually be west of 53, so you'd probably be out of the zone. You'd be fine. But I would take the Arrowhead region, and I would I would declare that the moose zone. And in that moose zone, there would be a for sure wolf season and trapping season to reduce, to reduce predator numbers. But I would also have a more liberal deer tag system in that moose zone than the non-moose zone because I want as few deer coming in contact with those moose as possible. I want less wolves coming in contact with those moose as possible. Um, that, along with forest management, is the only way you're going to, in my opinion, Not a, I'm, I am not a biologist, let me just say that, <laughs> I'm not a wildlife specialist. Let me say this. This is just my opinion. This is what seems logical to me when you look at the uh, the uphill battle that the moose face. 
All right, this this would be my management plan, and I would be raked over the coals for it because deer hunters are a lot like walleye anglers in that if they're not successful, it's somebody else's fault. Some great crime has been committed against them. Some foul, throw the flag, something happened. It couldn't possibly be that you didn't change your hunting strategies, that you didn't change your fishing strategies to be successful. It's something else. It's wolves. It's, it's wolves eating all the deer. It's mountain lion eating the deer. It's cormorants eating all the walleyes. It's the muskies eating all the walleyes. It's always... It's it's always an excuse. There's there's always something, and it's it's never it's never they just didn't make the right decisions. That's never the case, like ever. So sorry, wallet guys, didn't mean to throw you in the mix, but it's but it's true. It's just it is it's just it is true. Um, and that's the thing with with the wolves up here. I saw a wolf today. It was super cool. Like, you know, you see these pictures of these summertime wolves, and they're just gnarly. You know, they got they lose their winter coat. They look more like coyotes than they do wolves, and they don't even look like good coyotes. Like this, they're kind of kind of nasty. Uh, this one, man, this one had its winter coat. Like it was all fluffed out, beautiful. Could have ran it down with my car, but didn't want to, because um, didn't want to damage my truck for one. Um, but yeah, he was just like didn't want to get out of the road. And then he, when he finally was like, oh shit, there's a truck there, he like ran straight away from me down the lane before he. Took a hard left and actually got off the road like a dumbass. But that was a beautiful wolf. That was pretty cool. That's only the third time in my entire life of seeing a wolf. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and, again, I think there should be hunting and trapping season. I love that there are wolves on the landscape. I do. I think it's cool. I don't, I, I'm not one of these, the only good wolf is a dead wolf. Shoot them all. Definitely, I definitely don't want to shoot them all. I don't want to go back to extirpation of the species in the state. I think we should always have them. But like any other managed game animal, they should be just that. They should be managed. So let's let's get a hunting season on them. Let's get a trapping season on them. Help those game species out, the deer and the moose. I'd love to see the moose come back. I really don't think that's ever going to happen. The deer lobby is way too strong. Um but it'd be cool. That that's what I'd like to see. I'd like at some point in time in my life to be able to draw a, a moose tag, even if it's a once in a lifetime here in Minnesota. I think that would be that'd be pretty badass. But so there it is. That's what I got going on. You are all caught up. I will do my best to keep these coming on a regular basis now. In fact, you may be inundated with four episodes for a week. As far as fo- as long as football season is going, or I should say as long as the Vikings are actively playing. Uh as we all know, as Vikings fans, they very likely might lose the first round of playoffs. If indeed we make the playoffs, so be it. If that's what happens, then that'll be the end of the full skull podcast. It's just a Vikings segment, and it's just for fun. But I am having fun doing it. It's 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 a great time. So, yeah, so we got that. I got to hit up Nick J for Waterfall Wednesday again this week. Got the full skull on Thursday. I got a full episode coming out on Friday. I'm going to try to keep it rolling now that I've kind of the dust is all settled and get back to our regularly scheduled program. And again, thank you guys for uh, reaching out and uh, throwing a few dollars my way. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, like I said, you, you helped me out more than you know. Um, came in clutch. 
You came in clutch. So um, appreciate you all for listening to um, keep sending in comments, questions, all that stuff, uh, sharing pictures. I love all of it. You guys are the, you guys are the best. Um, I dig it. Appreciate it. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.